Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time. Atlanta Sucker Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Sucker Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Sucker Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. If you don't know, this is our weekly soccer show where we get into everything Atlanta United, everything soccer in Atlanta, the state of Georgia, the Southeast, the United States, the Hemisphere, wherever we're going to find the sport, we're going to talk about it on AST every week. Now... This is an interesting one because Atlanta United kicks off their playoff journey tomorrow night. I'm in Columbus. I'm Jason Longshore. I am joined by Mike Conti hanging out tonight on AST. What's up? It's good to see you. We've had a very good dinner. Yes. We're fueled up for tonight. Ready to roll. And tomorrow, as far as I'm concerned, I'm excited. I mean, this is, I think it's been a very fun postseason to this point. It definitely has favored the home teams to this point, but I think Atlanta United comes up here loose and feeling like the pressure's on Columbus, to be totally honest with you, and and because of that, maybe anything can happen tomorrow. Yeah, if you're kind of plugging in and you're not sure about how this format is with MLS and you've been an Atlanta United fan and followed the previous formats because I feel like we've been through a few at this point, this is a best of three, and it is a pure result-based based of best of three if you win a shootout and it won't go to extra time it would go straight to a shootout after 90 minutes if it's drawn that is a result that is a win you can advance on two shootouts this is a little different and i honestly think that in general it can give the underdog even more of an opportunity to pull an upset now we haven't seen the the away teams outside of one so far in the best of threes, get a result. That was Sporting Kansas City, who demolished St. Louis. We'll talk about that a little bit in the next segment. But you get two shots at getting a result on the road in this format if you're the underdog. And yes, Atlanta United will be playing without Tiago Almada tomorrow night. He picked up two yellow cards in the draw in Cincinnati, and we talked about it on stoppage time last week it was a mistake it's a mistake that you see young players make it's a mistake that i feel like i've seen a lot with young talented playmakers who constantly get kicked and and get you know agitated by opponents and they're trying to get under the player's skin and 
Cincinnati got under Thiago's skin, and he's going to miss this game. But it does open up some doors for possibilities for Gonzalo Pineda in this game against another great tactician in Wilfred Nancy. And I feel like, Mike, I've talked about this a good bit this week leading up to this. Wilfred Nancy is seen as one of the best managers in this league, and rightfully so. He, he did a great job with Montreal. I think he's done a great job in year one with Columbus. He is very creative in, in doing different things, but staying true to his vision for what he wants his team to play like. I don't think Gonzalo Pineda gets enough credit for doing the same things. And we know how Gonzalo wants to have his teams play. They both want the ball. This is team one and team two in possession in MLS this season. They both want the ball. They base it around having the ball. They don't play exactly the same, but they have similarities in the way they play. But they've also shown all year long, and we've seen it with Columbus. Think back to the last match where it was Sean Zawadzki as a wing back, as opposed to a center back, as opposed to a central midfielder. He's played all of them. And when you move those pieces around, it looks different. We've seen it with Atlanta. Brooks Lennon playing as a right back, as a wing back when they've played a line of five, as a right winger. We've seen Caleb Wiley in different positions. Gonzalo Pineda is going to have an opportunity here without Thiago Almada to, in one side, take a big chance in a, a series where you're going to get another opportunity if you win at home, if you don't get the job done tomorrow, to come back here and try something different. But he's also going to be able to pull some surprises with the new players that he has in the group and show something that maybe we haven't even seen in this season, but still stay true to his club's identity. Well, I, I think, again, it is a much trickier situation to scout right now for Wilfred Nancy yeah. than for Gonzalo Pineda. And, you know, if you're looking for little things that could be advantageous for Atlanta United tomorrow night. Um, maybe this is one of them. And you never want to look at, oh, well, Almada's out. That's a good thing. Because no, it's not. It's not. Atlanta United's going to be without their best player. No, no. you got to make the best of it. Absolutely. And, you know, making lemonade out of these lemons. Gonzalo Pineda, I think, has a real opportunity now to pull a surprise. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he's going to do. I, I have no idea how he's going to problem solve this Same. tomorrow night. Um, I think Wilfred Nancy and the Columbus technical staff are sitting at home tonight probably thinking the same thing. How is Atlanta United going to problem-solve this? Will they even know when they get the team sheet tomorrow, when yep. they get the lineup? I mean, I think there are some uh, things that Gonzalo can hide in plain sight with that lineup. And, yeah. and you know, Columbus, with the 11 players that could be deployed in various shapes. Yeah, right. So I, I and And then... You know, to take it a step further, it could allow Gonzalo to make some on-the-fly adjustments mm -hmm. to conform to the state of the match. So, again, just trying to look at the positive to an obvious negative. I don't think Atlanta United is going to come in here tomorrow night and play two lines of five and no. just, you no. know, play a low block and park the bus and duck and cover and try to get the penalties. No. That's not the way that Gonzalo Pineda wants to play. However, if he did that, I'd say, you know what? All right, road playoff game without your best player. Yeah. You're trying to get out of here with a shootout win and get back home with a chance to clinch this next Tuesday. I'd be cool with it. I don't think it suits this team, but I, I think maybe because we, we get into this all the time about, you know, 
identity and staying true to it and playing in this way. And, and Atlanta's never going to be a team that's going to bunker in games on a regular basis. But does that decision, because it always comes up, even if you are an attack-minded team, you always get to a point in a match where either you have a lead or it's level, and you say, you know what, this is all we're going to get out of this. And, and we need to be a little more defensive here. Does that moment come a little bit earlier tomorrow, depending on where things are in the game? It could. It really, really could, based off not having Tiago Almada. But here's the flip side of that. And this is something we've talked about a lot down the stretch with this team. You have a lot of weapons on the bench. I think Atlanta's deeper than Columbus. I think when you talk about pure talent, when you go 1-20 to 20 in the group, I think Atlanta is a good bit deeper than Columbus. And I think it's a credit to Nancy that he's able to make his team maybe have the appearance of being deeper. He's really good at accentuating the positives of the group that he has and hiding some of the negatives. That's, I think, what Nancy does better than maybe anybody in the league. Gonzalo's got a different situation here with his team since the League's Cup and since the additions that we have seen come in. You have now... On the wing, you have Sean De Silva, you have Sabo Lobjanitsa, you have Tyler Wolf, who is available. He trained. He uh, probably isn't ready to start, but he's ready to play if needed. You wish you had Machoke Chol. You don't have that. You do have Derek Etienne. You always have that possibility of Caleb Wiley or Brooks Lennon going up to the wing and Ronald Hernandez coming into the fray. You have Jamal Tiare. You have Miguel Barry. You have three forwards. You have umpteen wingers. You've got a whole bunch of central midfielders. You have Juanjo Parata, who has started a lot this season. He can come in. You have ways to change the game with not just the tactical adjustments, which I'm with you, no matter what the starting 11 is tomorrow, it can start one way, and it can look a different way by the time you get to the end of that first half. And it's going to. I think whether we're talking just purely the way they defend, the way they attack, the shape's going to look different. You're going to try to create those numerical advantages. You're going to move the pieces around a little bit. But when you get into the second half, and you're, you know you're only going 90. You don't have to worry about 120 here. You know you're only going 90. You have five subs. You have more than five players on the bench that can change the game, either from an attacking standpoint, from a width standpoint, or from a defensive standpoint. And that's a real blessing to have. Not only that, I think this format really benefits the road team playing in game one because aggregate does not matter. Doesn't matter. So let's say, you know, God forbid, you don't want to be in this situation, but let's say Atlanta United is down 2-0 in the 60th minute. It makes the substitutions very, very straightforward and the whole approach very, very straightforward because... It doesn't matter if you give up a third goal because you're pressing to get one back nope. and get back in the match. A 1-0 loss and a 7-0 loss are going to count exactly the same way. Um, so, I, I again, I do think there are some little advantages right now that Gonzalo Pineda and his staff are holding tonight as we sit here in this hotel in short north, Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> I, I think... I think they know what the plan is. I think they feel very confident what the plan is. Uh, the one thing I detected flying up with the team today is that they are very, very loose. I, yeah. I don't think this team feels any pressure. And again, it's like I said at the top of the show, in this format, the pressure is going to be on Columbus. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the home teams so far in the postseason have thrived under that pressure, uh, with St. Louis being the only exception. You could say maybe Kansas City in the wild card didn't take like full advantage of it, but they still were able to get through in, in pens. Um, the home teams have, have lived up to that pressure so far, but, you know, take last night, for example. If Sam Surridge doesn't have a sitter uh-huh. in the first couple of minutes for Nashville, Orlando's in deep, deep trouble not only that night, but in the whole series. Yeah. An early goal tomorrow night for Atlanta United could go a long way to maybe ending this series next Tuesday, which is crazy to think about in the best of three. But um, in a way, you know, obviously you want to have home field advantage Mm -hmm. in in a a decisive third game. But in a way, this format is not that punishing to the lower-seeded team. No, I I mean, give me me your best cliches here because we see this in the NBA. We see it in series. You're the underdog. You go on the road in game one, you get that win. You're playing with house money, right? I mean, you get it's a shorter series here. You can close it out in game two, but if you win game one on the road, all the pressure that was on you has now been doubled down on the other side because they're staring at elimination and they have to go on the road and get a result. Atlanta United, since the League's Cup break, I think has been a much better team on the road. And what jumps out at me when I look at this game, and I think we saw it play out in the game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium not that long ago, in the last 15 minutes, so after the 75th minute, Atlanta United has scored 21 goals. They are plus 10 in goal differential after the 75th minute of matches. Columbus is minus 5. That's a 15-goal swing in the last 15 minutes plus stoppage time of matches. You can't let up on this Atlanta team. So let's say it is 2-0. Let's say it's 1-0. Let's say it's 2-1 by that point. If you're Columbus, you don't feel secure. If you're Atlanta, you feel like, hey, we've been there, done that. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I, I love that setup when you get to the postseason and you get to this situation. I think the team's been better defensively. I think they're deeper. I like where they are. I do really wonder what it's going to look like tomorrow night without Tiago Almada. But I've got belief in this team. I really do. And they can go and play toe-to-toe against a team that, well, you know, I, you can you can beat. They proved it in their last three regular season matches yeah. uh, against three of the four teams that I think are the favorites in the Eastern Conference, uh, Cincinnati, Columbus, and Philadelphia. They did not play Orlando, but in that, that stretch of three matches, they were good enough to win in all three of those games, yeah. two of them on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, referee had a big impact in the game. They lost <laughs> at Philadelphia. Uh, look, it didn't look convincing against Columbus, but keep in mind, Legs were a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental was probably a big factor in that after the disappointment of Philadelphia. I think Atlanta United comes in with a lot of momentum based on the way they played in Cincinnati. Yep. Getting a 2-2 draw, outplaying them in the first half, giving up two goals against the run of play, really outplaying Cincinnati until the Almada red card and still holding on to get a result against a team that ended the season with 69 points. Yeah, we'll talk about that momentum that I'm with you. I think Atlanta United brings it in. We'll talk about that coming up in five minutes. We're also going to bounce around the MLS playoffs so far. AST live from Columbus coming back on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Getting you ready for Atlanta United and Columbus Crew tomorrow night. Now, we will be on Star 94 tomorrow night. Five Stripes Countdown starts at 7 o'clock. Kickoff isn't until 7.55, so we have plenty more pregame coming for you tomorrow. But Star 94, you can also listen on the Odyssey app. Just point it to the Star and you can also listen on the Atlanta United app. Now, before we get back into Atlanta and Columbus, oh, and I'm Jason Longshore, and I'm joined by Mike Conti. Before we get back into Atlanta Columbus, I do want to bounce around the other games in the first round of the MLS playoffs so far. It is best of threes. We have one road win. Let's start there with Kansas City and St. Louis. St. Louis is a team who is the first expansion team to win their conference in the modern era since there's been more than five teams in a conference. But they've been up and down at times. And Kansas City, after first 10 games without a win, the zombie SKC, fitting because we're on Halloween, they get the win. Peter Vermes gets the win. And St. Louis is now really on the ropes. That was a weird match because SKC scored early and St. Louis came right back and scored immediately to equalize. And you thought, okay, maybe that was just a little aberration. Let's go and play. 
And then SKC responded with two really quick goals after mm-hmm. that, 3-1 at halftime with uh, Remy Voltaire and Gotti Kinda, and then Daniel Shallowy uh, kind of securing it, nailing it down in the 61st minute. I think there's something um, maybe in the stars with the soccer gods that is about to repay Sporting Kansas City, <laughs> a team that has just been miserably unlucky with injuries the last couple of years, but a team that has really consistently one of the great coaches in this league in Peter Vermese. Now they go home with a chance to close this out. I'm sure that'll be a very, very emotional game uh, next week at Children's Mercy Park. And, um, you know, again, this is where if you're the road team and you can steal a win in game one, really, it just puts so much pressure on that top seed. Uh, it doesn't diminish the season, by the way, that St. Louis has had. Not at all. If they get knocked out in the first round, it was a great season for an expansion team. But I really like SKC's experience in this spot. And I think you saw that playoff experience, not to mention a little momentum, mm-hmm. coming off the win in pens over San Jose, really benefiting them on Sunday night. The number one team in the East didn't have any trouble with the New York Red Bulls, who did come off the big wild card win over Charlotte, who uh, just defensively looked really bad in that wild card game against the Red Bulls. Red Bulls weren't able to build on that. However, I do want to talk about something that happened at the end of the first half in that game where it's 2-0 Cincinnati, and very late in the half, you had a coming together. Dominic Baji jumps in, leading with his elbow slash forearm into the side of the head, side of the neck of Matt Miazga. They come, Miazga pushes him down when he's getting up. They're they're shoving, they're pushing. And Bocci punches him in the chest. Like, literally punches him in the chest. Not even a yellow card. Mind-blowing. It's not a push. It's not, it, you can't justify not giving a red there. I don't even, a yellow's not even good enough. He punched him. He flat out punched him in the chest. And they didn't even get yellow cards. That would have changed the game. Yeah, that would uh, it would have changed the game completely. You get forty five yeah. minutes down two nil with a man advantage. Yeah, it's tough because I think referees in the playoffs really do not want to agree be interventionary, but you have to punch him. Yeah, you, you have to address that. <laughs> he punched him. You have to address even if you show a yellow, it changes the complexion of things a little bit. It can. Um, and, and now, what, what's happened in the aftermath with Baji is also really deplorable. Oh, 100% uh, it uh, is. Totally unacceptable uh, and just awful. Uh, but yes, a very big moment in that match. It could have turned out completely differently if it was uh, judged differently. But we did see before that moment, Cincinnati, when they switch into that Terminator mm-hmm. mode, uh, and Acosta, again, was at the center of that. <laughs> yeah, was. Cincinnati can just kind of avalanche uh, very, very quickly and suddenly and out of nowhere and against the run of play. And I actually think Red Bulls may have had a little bit of the run of play early. But, but once, once Cincinnati gets on that front foot, they really can step on your neck and break it. And that's what happened on Sunday to Red Bulls. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if Baji doesn't get suspended for the next game, which really won't help the Red Bulls that much because no. they'll never have the man advantage. And if you haven't seen it, Dominic Baji shared some of the comments that have been left on his social media. I believe it was his Instagram uh, 
from I, I don't know an idiot, not a fan. I, just I'd really a, like to think it's a bot. I, I really hope it. I hope so. Not a human being. I hope I, so. It's very very regrettable. There's no place in our game, and nope. I'm glad to see how forceful the response has been against that. Yeah, and and I'm glad that I'm glad that he shared it as well, and I'm glad that it has been brought to light because this stuff it needs to be eradicated from this game, no matter what. Uh, kind of, sort of, speaking of which, uh, let's go over to Philadelphia and the New England Revolution in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia, talking about Avalanche and how that goes, and we've seen that firsthand. Philadelphia gets control of the game after New England had a crazy sequence where they hit the bar and they had a big save and a deflection. It was just insane that the ball doesn't end up at the back of the net. And then Carlos Heel had been injured in a horrendous challenge, an absolutely horrendous challenge from Michael Uwa. It's not as clear as, as, as the uh, Baji one for me that he should have been sent off, but it should have been a yellow card at a minimum. It, it's, he's not playing the ball. He's going to hit the best player on the opposing team. Flat out hit him. Like That's what it is. It's, it's throwing a hip into him. Ends up injuring him. Heel has to come off after Philadelphia scores their first goal. What frustrated me about that more than anything was seeing a Philadelphia player in the background cheering the hit because that's the way that they play. Yeah. And when you're allowed to do it and you injure the other team's best player and you get the opening goal, well, things continue to go your way. And Philadelphia, even though New England had opportunities in this game, even after Carlos Heel was injured, even after they went down 3-0, they pulled one back and they had opportunities. It wasn't a comfortable 3-1 win for Philadelphia. Well, New England is uh, really showing some signs of resiliency lately. Yeah, yeah. Got impressive. down 3-0 to Nashville and really should have gotten a draw out of it. At Nashville, mm -hmm. by the way. Then they come back on decision day. They play extremely well against Philadelphia. Uh, and here, you know, again, I can't tell you how many times it feels like, oh, Philadelphia kind of out of nowhere gets a penalty. <laughs> they score. They're leading. Here it comes. And that's what happened. They, yep. they get a, a penalty. And good and usage then, of R on the penalty. Yeah, it it sure. was a penalty. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. But then he'll get hurt a couple minutes later, and then it's on. And in the blink of an eye, it's 3-0. Uh, but I do think it's significant that New England without heel came back, scored, yeah. and really kind of had some pressure on Philadelphia at the end of that match, even though they lost 3-1. Keep an eye on New England at Foxborough. Yep. I think it's uh, a week from tomorrow. Yeah. Keep an eye on New England at Foxborough. I really feel like there's more racetrack left in that series. Keep an eye on Kai Wagner as well. Yeah. This came out in The Athletic uh, earlier in the week that Wagner is being uh, investigated for using a racial slur against Bobby Wood. MLS is conducting a review of the allegations. The allegations were in the post-match report from referee Pierre-Luc Lossier. Um, the sources said that the, and this is from The Athletic, that the slur Wagner allegedly directed at Wood was one historically directed toward Asian people. Wood is of Japanese and African-American descent. And it was said in German, and Wagner, obviously German, Wood speaks German. He spent the first decade of his pro career and several, several years as a youth player in Germany. Players and coaches alerted the match officials about it. So this was heard by multiple people. I know at times in these situations, it's a pretty thorough investigation. This can't take 
that long. This has to be resolved before game two. Yeah. And Agreed. and we'll see how they handle it. Agreed. But that's another one to keep an eye on where you might have a player suspended for upcoming games, even though they weren't punished in the game that they last played. Uh, the other results really quickly, you mentioned uh, Nashville and Orlando. Orlando held on for a win. Pedro Galese had to make a couple of saves. Nashville, after the, the miss from Sam Surridge, was okay. I didn't think they were great in the game. We'll see if they can turn it around in their next one. Houston had to fight a little bit against RSL, but they end up getting the win at home. The atmosphere was amazing in Houston. LAFC, uh, kind of in a wild high-scoring game with Vancouver, ended up getting the win. That game was nuts on, on Saturday night. Anything else stand out to you from from those other matches? Um, yeah, um, Seattle. Oh, in Seattle, very, yes, sorry. Very, very solid yep. last night Workman against like. Dallas. Workman-like. Actually really reminded me of the performance that Atlanta United had against Seattle mm-hmm. in Seattle on August 20th. Full control of the match, one goal in each half. Dallas never threatened. Seattle knows how to suffocate a game once they have the lead. Uh, Seattle now, it's interesting. If St. Louis gets knocked out, and and St. Louis would be, I think, arguably in trouble, Mm -hmm. I think you can make an argument Seattle could become the favorite in the Western Conference. And and that's not to downplay LAFC. Um, I think LAFC took advantage of a pretty favorable round one matchup at home. But they were on the ropes uh, with Vancouver for a while. They didn't really yep. arrest control of that match until late in the second half. And I think LAFC has just been out of gas since Champions League. I agree. Uh, Seattle could very suddenly become the favorite in the Western Conference. Uh, and that's a team that Atlanta United, just, just saying, yeah, you know, Atlanta <laughs> United pretty much dominated in their home stadium on August 20th. Yeah, and a team that did not start Nico Ladero last night. Did not start Raul Ruby Diaz last night. Two players who it looks like are on the the way out in Seattle. And Ladero has already said that he's leaving at the end of this season. Um, that's one to keep an eye on for sure. All right. Let's come back to Atlanta and Columbus and wrap things up here. Uh, one takeaway from all the other games to me that carries over to this is you mentioned it with LAFC. It took them a while to put that one away. The fourth goal put it away, honestly, because it was 3-2 and it felt like it was anybody's game. Uh, the Orlando-Nashville game felt like it was anybody's game for a long way last night. Nashville didn't take full advantage. New England felt like it was their game to go out and get a result. Depending on how this game starts, I think it is a contest through 90+. plus Because the way this format is, if you're behind, you're incentivized to go for it. Mm-hmm. And you've got teams here, the two highest scoring teams in the league. They can both go for it. This game is going to be a lot of drama for 90-plus minutes tomorrow. I agree. And, you know, take the 6-1 in March out of it because both teams were shells of what they are currently. Atlanta United at Columbus typically produces good performances by Atlanta United when conditions are not a factor, generally high-scoring performances by Atlanta United. And I think in 2021 and 2022, Atlanta United had two of their best road performances in lower.com field. Yep. Uh, I think it's a high-scoring game. I don't like thinking about this because I don't know if my heart can take it, but I do think this is a game that gets the penalties. Oh. And I think oh. I think that would be, if you were to tell me right now without Almada, Atlanta United on a 30-degree night tomorrow goes in there and yeah. gets this thing to penalties, I'd be very proud of Atlanta United regardless of the outcome in the penalty shootout. 
just keep in mind again, all the pressure is on Columbus. And I think Atlanta's going to have Columbus guessing all the way up till the opening kick because uh, Pineda can hide a lot of formation things in plain sight with the lineup. He'll uh, be able to send in one hour out tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Columbus can do the same, and, and they have, and they did it last time. I can't wait to see the chess match play out between these two managers, two of the best in MLS and Wilfred Nancy and Gonzalo Pineda, two of the most creative tacticians. And look, in you know, being biased here, I hope it's only two games. But if this one goes three games, I think you're going to get three great games yeah. out of it. Two managers who really want their teams to play the game the right way. It's a great series for the league. Yeah. To have these two teams tied in round one, it's huge for the league. Awesome. Mike, thanks for hanging out with me for some AST tonight. All right. It's been fun. All right. Three, four, three coming up next. Three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile about the game that I love so much. Coming up next on AST on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four, three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live from Columbus, Ohio, on the eve of the 2023 MLS Cup playoffs for Atlanta United. Five stripes and the Columbus crew tomorrow night on Star 94. Don't forget, 7 o'clock for the Five Stripes countdown, 7.55 for the kickoff. Last segment of AST, y'all know how it goes by now. It is the 3-4-3. Three local stories, four headlines, three things that make me smile about the game that I love so much. Let's get into it. This is the fastest segment in the show. All right, local side, number one. Big day tomorrow in the Sunbelt Conference for local women's programs. Georgia Southern plays at noon. Georgia State plays at 2.30. If they both win, they play each other in the conference semifinals. Last year, they met in the conference quarterfinals. Georgia Southern was the number one seed. Georgia State upset them to make it to the semifinals. Also on the Sunbelt women's side, Georgia State freshman Aliyah Fadul was named the Sunbelt Freshman of the Year and named to the all-conference first team. The freshman from Ontario, Canada, had seven goals, six assists in her first campaign for the Panthers. Number two on the local side, we're going to stay in women's soccer and UGA today. This is maybe the best win in Georgia women's soccer program history they had a red card 
two minutes into the game, and it was the SEC freshman of the year, Summer Dennigan, who got that red card. Handball, denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Because it's a handball, you don't only concede the penalty and get a yellow. You get the red. She got a red. It's a penalty. Kentucky converted. They were up 1-0 with a man advantage for 88 minutes left in the game. Well, Georgia wasn't done. It took a while, but Georgia fought back. Mally McKenzie assisted Croy Bethune equalizer in the 63rd minute, and then McKenzie scored the winner in the 81st. That win essentially clinches an NCAA tournament spot for Georgia. They advance. What a win to be a player down for 88 minutes, fall behind, and still come back and get the win. Really, really impressive for the Georgia Bulldogs today. On the men's side, this is number three on our local 343 section. Two local men's teams to watch in college are Clayton State and Oglethorpe. Both won their conference regular season crowns. Clayton State, NCAA D2. They clinched the Peach Belt Conference title with a win over Georgia Southwestern on Saturday. They will host the conference tournament starting next Friday in Morrow. Gio Rios became the all-time leader in scoring in the history of the program, and the Lakers are back in the top 25 nationally heading into that conference tournament. Oglethorpe, this weekend, they will host the Southern Athletic Association semifinals and final on campus in Brookhaven. They'll be the top seed. The Stormy Petrels will face Swanee on Friday night at 7 o'clock, probably a little bit after 7 o'clock. The first semifinal will happen at 5 o'clock. If that game runs a little bit long, then the Oglethorpe game will get pushed back. Ben Alram scored his 10th and 11th goals of the season in their comfortable 5-0 quarterfinal win last Saturday. Oglethorpe, NCAA D3, Clayton State, NCAA D2, two teams to watch on the men's side the rest of the way. Four headlines from around the world. Let's start with number one. The Ballon d'Ors were given out yesterday, and Lionel Messi won his eighth all-time. Aitana Bonmanti won her first. Two players who developed at Barcelona. Pretty impressive. Both won the Golden Ball at their respective World Cups in the past year. Messi's year for Argentina, it's special. That's what won him this award, and that's typical. You can think back to players like Fabio Cannavaro, a center back winning the Ballon d'Or in 2006 when he captained Italy to a World Cup win. The World Cup ends up carrying a little more weight in these kinds of years, and Messi's World Cup win for Argentina probably carried more weight than any other previous Ballon d'Or winner in a long, long time. He wasn't too shabby for PSG either, by the way. I know it's easy to throw shade on his time there, but he scored a lot of goals. He had a ton of assists. He won the World Cup. He's your Ballon d'Or winner for the eighth time in his career, three more than anybody else. Bon Mati, she scored 19 goals for Barcelona in a year that saw them win La Liga F, the top flight in Spain and the Champions League, and then she went to the World Cup and won the Golden Ball. So pretty good day for Barcelona with Messi and Bonmati winning the Ballon d'Or yesterday. Number two on the headlines, let's talk a little bit about IFAB. This is 
the conglomeration that makes your laws of the game and updates them. IFAB works hand in hand with FIFA, but it is a separate organization. They commented on not wanting to allow live audio conversations in VAR situations to be heard. This has been an ongoing back and forth, and we're starting to see some sports allow the referee conversations to be carried on broadcasts live. IFAB, their chief executive, Lucas Brood, he said he didn't want to do that. And he said he had actually been paying a lot of attention to these and studying it. He kind of put it down to the chaotic nature of these conversations. He said, we've given the green light to test the announcement of decisions to bring a little more transparency to decision making. But we're not prepared at this point to open up communication live to the audience. And I, I don't necessarily disagree with him, to be honest. I'd love to have the transparency of hearing all this, but I can deal with hearing it after the fact. In those situations, in those moments where it is chaos and, and you have the VAR trying to make sure the referee hears everything, the referee's trying to be heard with the players all standing around screaming at him. You've got the ARs who might be involved in this. The fourth official might be involved in this. The AVAR might be involved in this. It's a lot of voices. It can get really chaotic. I do agree with that. And as long as the recordings would be able to be heard after the fact, I'm okay if they're not played live. I'm good with that. But I do want them to be heard, like we heard in the situation with the Liverpool goal, goal that was brought back when it shouldn't have been. We, Because we heard the audio, we understood the mistake that was made. That needs to happen here in all the major leagues around the world. Don't have to play it live. I don't need that, but have it after the fact. Number three on the headlines, Saudi Arabia, the only bidder for the 2034 World Cup. Australia had explored doing a bid. The The 2034 World Cup was going to be held in an Asian or Oceania nation because of the last two World Cups preceding it. 2026 going to be in CONCACAF. 2030 going to be in Europe, but also going to have games played in Africa and Morocco and also going to have games played in South America. So that's four confederations that couldn't be involved in 2034. So, and yes, I do think this was deliberate by FIFA. And I do think you have to look at their decision to have those three games in South America at the beginning of the 2030 World Cup in a little bit different light here because it means that it was only going to be Asia and Oceania bidding for 2034. Australia thought about it. They decided not to do it and compete with Saudi Arabia. The chief executive of Football Australia, James Johnson, he expressed dismay at having to have this quick turnaround to explore hosting in 2034. FIFA called for bids on October 4th. They had to be in by today. He said it was a little bit of a surprise that it was going to be an earlier process. Look, we're adults. We just tried to roll with it and deal with the cards that we've been given. It was also kind of clear that FIFA wanted this tournament to be in Saudi Arabia. And it was also kind of clear that Saudi Arabia was going to get the support of most of the other nations in Asia, even if Australia put forth a bid. I don't love it either. Uh, but you're getting to a point with these major events that there is a very small number of nations in the world that are capable of hosting them and are interested in hosting them. And some of those nations might not be ones that you want to host these events. 
that's something that the governing bodies like FIFA, like the IOC, when it comes to the Olympics, are going to have to wrestle with and figure out how they want to deal with. But you're not going to be able to ignore these nations like Qatar, like Saudi Arabia, that are going to try to use their financial might to bring these events to their country. And yes, probably try to change the perception of their countries. However, bringing these events to their countries is also going to shine a very bright spotlight on their countries. And that might not go so well for them, depending on how things are handled. Number four on the headlines, Ligue 1 has got a ton of problems in France. They had another match called off. Marseille fans attacked the Lyon buses on the way to the game. Fabio Grosso, the manager for Lyon, was injured in the attack, had to go to the hospital afterwards. Rocks were thrown at the bus, shattered windows, injured Grosso. This is part of an escalation of a lot of violent incidents in and outside of French stadiums over the past three seasons. Nice were docked points in 2021-22 when they had clashes between away players and home fans after objects were thrown from the stands onto the pitch. You had a pitch invasion that marred last season's Lawn and Lille Derby. You had incidents around games at five, six, maybe seven other venues in the past couple of seasons. Lyon has issued statements. Marseille has issued statements. All the clubs have issued statements. The, the French Federation has issued statements. We're beyond statements. The French League has some major problems right now when it's been the fifth of the big five in Europe, which has been the big five worldwide, and that grip on fifth isn't very strong right now. When you have the Ballon d'Or winner in Major League Soccer, you have the Brazilian League starting to flex its financial muscle a little bit. And yeah, you have what's going on in the Saudi Arabian League and you have other leagues in Europe. The French League has got to get their business together because this has gotten really, really disgusting with all of these issues that are just completely marring French football right now. With that being said, let's finish with three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much. Number one, seeing the sixth station soccer project come to fruition at the East Lake Marta station. You've got partnerships involving the cities of Decatur, Atlanta, the Atlanta United Community Fund, Georgia Power, Children's Healthcare, Amazon was involved, and of course, soccer in the streets. All of this comes to fruition in this event. You also have the support of U.S. Senator John Ossoff. He provided, through government appropriations, about a million dollars to soccer in the streets to help expand the station soccer programming. Six stations are up now. The idea is for 10 stations. That'll create a league accessible by transit. You've got West End. You've got Five Points. You've got East Point, Kensington, Lindbergh Center, and more on the way. Big time congrats to soccer in the streets and Marta and everybody involved in these facilities. Number two on things that make me smile, having the chance to call the Atlanta United U-17 NYC game on Sunday, seeing the level of play from these kids, the level of understanding of tactics and the adjustments that both teams made throughout the match. It was a really high-level match, 2-1 to NYC, multiple youth national team players, multiple homegrown players. Really, really cool to see. Thank you to all of you who went out and watched it. We had great viewership numbers for that on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock. And then number three, yesterday, it would have been Diego Maradona's 63rd birthday. I've told the story before. Like I don't get involved. I'm not doing this show. I don't get involved in soccer if I don't see Diego Maradona win the World Cup in 1986 
he is still that measuring stick for greatness in this game. Lionel Messi talked about honoring him with the Ballon d'Or win yesterday on his birthday. Maradona as a player is one of the best ever in any sport to do it. He had a very short prime because of bad decisions that he made off the field. But in his best moments, he is the best player to ever play this game, in my opinion. And he changed my life. And I'm sure that he changed many, many others lives out there watching him play and his brilliance. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Thanks again to Mike Conti for hanging out with me for most of the show. Tomorrow night, Star 94, Five Stripes Countdown starts at 7. Kickoff, 7.55. Game 1, MLS Cup playoffs, Atlanta United, Columbus Crew. And then Game 2 is next Tuesday. Five Stripes Countdown will start at 6.30. Kickoff will be just after 7. Back on 92.9 The Game. Thanks for hanging out with me. Have a good rest of the night. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 